Welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast, a resource created by Lighthouse Family Retreat to strengthen families living through childhood cancer. You'll hear stories from families, educational information on childhood cancer, and most importantly, we will be there to encourage your family during your journey. Hey, welcome back to the Lighthouse Podcast, everybody. We're switching things up a bit today. We're bringing you a replay of a previous episode for the moms, and it's just in time for Mother's Day. This episode was specifically originally for single moms, but honestly, I think any and all moms will find something really encouraging and helpful as we revisit this conversation that we had with licensed professional counselor, Rachel Menzoyan. Just to remind you a little bit about Rachel, she's been happily married to Jimmy for four years, and she has two middle schoolers, bless her. Um, Several years ago, she went through a pretty devastating divorce, so she really focuses her counseling practice on divorce recovery and difficult marriages. She has a master's in professional counseling. She is a licensed professional counselor and a certified professional counselor supervisor. Rachel has a lot of really great advice for prioritizing self-care as a mom, especially as a single mom. So let's listen in. We've talked about self-care before, but I honestly don't think we can talk about it enough because I think there's this perception that self-care is like sitting around on the couch and eating ice cream and just treating yourself over and over again. But I don't think that's true. So let's talk about first what your definition of self-care is and why you find it so important. I think self-care is really just being proactive about putting yourself first. And I think for a lot of people, that sounds really selfish. So I think trying to figure out what are those things that if you could put them in your routine, be part of your daily life or just general habits would fill you up with energy and joy and enable you to just be the best version of yourself. That's what I see self-care as. And all that is so important as a single parent, but it's also very hard. So how do you do that as a single parent? So, so, so hard. So I actually learned how to take care of myself and do self-care when I was a single parent. So I can speak from experience when I was married formally, I did not do this. I did not take care of myself. My kids were my priority. My marriage was my priority. Everyone else was my priority. And it wasn't until I became a single parent that I realized that I could no longer do that without just completely falling apart. I was tired all the time. I felt like I wasn't doing well at anything because I was managing so many different balls. And that's when it really changed for me. Obviously, I was seeing a counselor at the time who was helping me to figure all of that out. But it was when I realized that if I started taking care of myself, I actually could be a better version of myself. And that wasn't selfish for me, because I think we kind of live in this world of like, do everything and be everything for everyone while neglecting ourselves. And that's really hard in the long run. I've seen this in my own life. I've got people that I know in my family that f- they they did not do self-care uh, as a single parent, and they didn't last. Uh, and, they, and unfortunately, their health got the best of them in their 60s, and they could have lived much longer than that. But the lack of self-care, you just saw it year over year, year. They just kept putting others first, others first, others first, which is great right? That mentality of others first, but you have to care for yourself or it's going to ultimately, 
you're not going to make it. Well, I don't think we often relate it to, like I said at the beginning, I think self-care has kind of a bad rap of like, you're just taking care of yourself and you're doing like frivolous things. I don't think we often relate it to like real mental, physical, emotional health, that it could harm you in the long run. And I think if more people looked at it that way, because as a parent, you're kind of, I don't know, society kind of leans on you to just your kids have to come first and they should be first in everything and you should take care of everybody first. And so I think if we related it more to actual, like there's consequences, like Mm -hmm. concrete ones for not doing it, I think it would be an easier sell for people to take it and make it a priority. I agree. And you add in as a single parent, just feeling guilty about the fact that you're a single parent and they don't have two parents in the home, that adds a whole new dimension, right? That mom guilt, that dad guilt of I'm already not providing a stable family for my kids and all those other lies you might be believing. So I need to make up for it in all these other ways. That's really hard to figure out time to put first for you. So that does not involve eating ice cream on the couch. Now it might, (laughs) it definitely might, but I'm talking about some more healthy uh, tools that might help you. And so there's kind of three things that I just tell people and they're one, start the day with God, whatever way that looks for you. That could be listening to a worship song. It could be Um, writing in a journal. It could be um, reading one verse in the Bible. It could be three to five minutes, but start your day with God. Two, I would definitely encourage you to get outside and get moving every day. So if you have a dog, walk the dog. If you have little kids, get outside and play with them um, and do something moving for you. Those are those things are automatically going to help you and they don't take a lot of time. So maybe 20 minutes total to put into your day. And I think it's really easy to do that if you can wake up early before your kids are up and make it a priority. Um, And we're not shooting for perfection here. You know, if you can do it two days a week, one day a week, awesome. If you can start off by one day a week, putting on some workout, shoes or one day a week, putting your Bible next to you (laughs) so that you think to read it. Those are really great small steps towards self-care. I think those are great. You mentioned earlier as well, um, counseling. I would imagine that's a pretty important piece if you have the ability to tap into that. Absolutely. I recommend, obviously, I recommend everyone goes to counseling, but it is a financial strain. So a lot of times people feel like they can't afford it or they don't have time for it. So um, I'm here to say that your insurance might cover it or there are a lot of options where private practices offer interns or low cost counseling and to take advantage of that. And the time, I think if you put the time in, you're going to get that and you're going to get it back. So you're going to see the fruit of going to counseling for sure. Even if you just go once a month to start, I think it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Even if you, if you can't afford anything, if you're just at a place where you can't afford it and you don't have the resources, I think one of the main values of counseling is just having the ability to talk and get things off your chest so you're not bottling it up. So at least having somewhere you can go to do that. So if that's a friend or a family member that you can just freely share and, and, and not be judged 
because that's what I always feel too. And I've, cause I've done counseling and it's, it's amazing. Um, is to know you're just sharing, you're not being judged. You're just, you're able to share. And then you get some questions asked and you get guided down a path. That's going to help you think through some stuff. But even having that would probably be helpful just to make sure you're sharing and not just keeping everything inside. Oh yeah. Community is super, super important. And having those close friends, you don't need a lot of friends. You need those one or two close friends that you can talk to you about anything and they're going to listen to you without judging you. And I would think for the listeners, it's really hard to make time to do that when you're managing having a sick child and single parenting, but making time to be with friends is really, really important. And I think that's the other part of self-care is I gave, I gave a couple of tips that I recommend to people to be proactive, but I think it's also taking the time to figure out what actually is something that brings you joy and brings you energy. You know, it could be doing a face mask or taking a hot bath once a week, or you like to go ride your bike once a week or go for a hike, you need to get outside or actually being around your friends is really important. So you actually need to make more time to do that. So what are those things they could last five minutes or a couple of hours that you could put into your schedule that are actually going to bring you joy and energy so that you can be better at life? Yeah. I bet there's people that think, you know, they're listening and they think, oh, that's great, but I just don't have time. I just can't. And I just want to challenge people, try it. Right. And if it, if you don't notice anything different, which we know that's not going to be true, right? right? That's not going to happen. If you don't know anything different and you notice anything different then so, so be it. But you're going to see something different. You're going to see something change in just how well you will be able to parent different and better because there's some refreshment that comes from that in your soul. Absolutely. Everyone's busy, but somebody who has a sick child and single parenting, that's a whole nother level for sure. But I want to encourage you, maybe there are some things that you need to let go of. So for me, I had to let go of always having a really clean house. I still had a clean house, but it definitely wasn't at the level that I would have liked it. Or maybe it's making homemade meals every night or making sure you're always playing with your kids when they're playing. I think we put a lot of expectations on ourselves of what we're supposed to be doing. And so I'm wondering if you just challenge some of those thoughts or what are some things I could let go of so that I could create some more time, I think would be helpful. I love that idea. I love the idea of just being able to give something up to get something a little bit better. We've talked about some of the benefits. Let's list some other benefits. If you're trying to convince somebody, you have to make some changes. Like you've, you've got to take some time for yourself and it's not selfish. What are some of the benefits that they can, that, that are reasons to do this? Well, I think you're going to have more energy and you're not going to be tired all the time. I'm not saying you're not going to be tired, <laughs> but I think that it's going to give you more energy um, and you're going to not feel as tired. I also think it's going to give you the ability to be more engaged with your children when you're with them. I think it's really easy to be feeling like we're going in a hundred different directions and we're with our kids, but we're not really with our kids. So I think um, you'll start to see that you're able to focus a little bit more on your time with your kids and be more deliberate with your time and have more energy. Those are some pretty good reasons. Yeah, who right doesn't, there. Who who doesn't, doesn't want, want more, more energy, energy, right? And and you're not gonna <laughs> it's not sustainable from a cup of coffee, right? That's not you, you need to yeah, there's there's a you've gotta 
not just manage the tension of it. You've got to fix the problem, right? Yeah. And and that's where rest and rejuvenation will will make it last and more sustainable. Absolutely, for sure. And I mean, that kind of brings up some people have probably have some bad habits that they need to give up as well. <laughs> Maybe yeah. those are in the giving up category. Yes. So you have more time over right. here. So the kids sometimes are in your mind, maybe the things that are holding you back from self care, because you're sitting here going, but I have all these kids, what are some ways you can get your kids involved? Because I would think that this is something that would be a great thing to pass down to them, like the idea of self care, as not being selfish as being part of your day or your weekly routine or your life routine so that they can grow up and kind of take that with them as well? Well, I think a big key to that is communicate. There's nothing wrong to saying, hey, mom's feeling a little overwhelmed right now. So she's going to go walk the dog around the block. I'll be right back. Right. So it's, it's communicating two things like I'm taking care of myself and I'm going to be okay. Right. I'm doing something that's going to make me feel better. I actually have seen this in my kids. My daughter has some amazing (laughs) self-care. And I think it's because when we went through our hard time, we kind of all had to figure out our different ways of coping. And so she knows it's ridiculous, but she's got this crazy skincare routine she does every night with her masks. And she just says, mom, it's what makes me feel good. And I like to do this for myself and it helps me not feel nervous about things. So I love that she's already kind of identified that Um, because self-care is not just proactive, but it's also in the moment. You know, when I'm feeling anxious about something, the first thing I do is go take a walk or start moving. Um, But for other people, it could be putting on some music and having a dance party with your kids. Right. So. There are a lot of things that you could implement with your kids that also help you, but also teaching them like it's okay for us to take time for ourselves when we're struggling. Yeah, it's going to catch up with you, whether that's high blood pressure, um, if you, uh, you know, if it if it leads to not a great diet, then cholesterol issues and there's just it's going to catch up with you eventually even though you think it's not a big deal now. And again, just like we talked about in the last podcast, your kids are watching, they're paying attention. And so you're teaching them a lesson about self-care one way or the other, right? You're either teaching them how not to, or you're being intentional and showing them the value of it. And so you have a choice in there on what what you want to teach your kids because they're watching no matter what, and they're learning. Even though you may not have an intentional message for them, they're picking up on it. Absolutely. 100%. And what better lesson to teach your kids that, you know, God made me and I'm super special and I'm going to take care of myself, right? So you want your kids to do the same thing. They want them to know how unique and special they are and that they need to take care of themselves. They need to see that model to them. Obviously, they need to see people model being selfless and giving, but there are limits to that. You know, you you can't give until you're in a deficit. That's right. You'll run it on empty. Um, And so for the person that's listening to, you're worth it. Wherever you're listening right now, you're driving in your car, you're listening in the house, you're sitting in clinic, you might need to hear that today. You're worth it. You're worth the self-care of taking the time to refresh, to rest, and to just be rejuvenated so that you can be a better version of you. You are worth it. 
And to take it to the next level, what's kind of behind why you won't do it, right? Most of us believe some sort of lie, like, well, I have to make sure my kids are happy, or it's my job to make sure they never are uncomfortable, or um, it's okay, I'm supposed to take care of everyone else. There's something behind it usually of why we're not able to do that. So really to address the why won't I, why won't I do this? Why won't I start to take this step is really important. Rachel, this has been um, super helpful, and I really hope that uh, our listeners um, can walk away thinking through, okay, what am I going to do different? Because uh, maybe they're in a spiral, and they need to step out of it and make a change, and that change involves taking care of them a little bit. Uh, and like you said, this is little small baby steps. It's not going you know, from one extreme to the other and then pouring everything into you and ignoring everybody, right? Um, but it's doing a few things that are going to help them uh, each day that's going to help them be a better version of themselves, be a better parent, be a better friend, be a better in every, in every sense of the word. So thank you so much for sharing these different tips, tricks, and, uh, and just all the wisdom. Um, I think it's, it's going to be really helpful. Even hearing that again for the second time, I really feel encouraged by Rachel's insight. I hope that if you're a mom, especially a single mom dealing with childhood cancer, that you can take at least one of the tips that Rachel suggested to find something that brings you joy and energy, especially this coming weekend for Mother's Day. And no matter what this coming weekend brings, we hope that you know that you are loved and that you are a rock star mom. 